Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. All right, it is so good to be together. I'm Jono. I'm one of the pastors here at Ocean Hills. If I haven't met you yet, it just feels good to be with real people. This is amazing. So good to be with you. And what a, uh, what a crazy time in, in our world right now. And so it just, it's even more palpable that, that being together is so important. And um, I get to be up here today. John had a little surgery on Friday, so we're praying for him. And um, John at home watching on Facebook Live today. And uh, we're praying that uh, God's just healing him up. He had a little surfer's ear and he had to, he had to get that uh, taken care of so he could hear again. And uh, we will appreciate that. I know. Um, so we've been in a series called COVID Clarity. We've been talking about the Great Commission. And it's been an awesome series. Have you guys enjoyed it? Just raise your hand, wave out there if you enjoyed it so far. It's been awesome. We've been going verse by verse, word by word, through the Great Commission, which is some of Jesus' last words before he ascended to heaven. And they are so important. They're our commission to, of what, how we're supposed to live our faith out, how we're supposed to do this journey with God. What is it supposed to be about? Making disciples and baptizing and teaching and obeying. And so I get to be the closer today. I got to close out the service, close out the series, I mean, and, and I'm excited about that. And uh, I don't know why, but sometimes I, I find myself in this place in, in our church season. I, I close out a lot of series. And so I was thinking, you know, it's baseball season. Have you ever thought about what your walkout song might be? I don't know if you know this, but in baseball, when the closer comes out of the bullpen from the outfield, there's a walkout song. You ever thought about what your walkout song might be? I, just humor me for one second, will you? Will you humor me? Okay. walkout song. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them what is your walkout song. Turn to your neighbor right now. What's your walkout song? What would it be? All right, we got to have a little fun out here. I can't hear you. I'd love to hear some ideas, but we're going to just keep going. The power of love is actually not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the power of of with, the power of with. And uh, Tim Keller said, there's a strain of loneliness infecting many people which only the presence of God can cure. Only the presence of God can cure. And so Jesus, before he leaves this earth and sends his Holy Spirit down, he gives us one final phrase that is so important. He says this, and be sure of this. This is the New Living Translation. I am with you always, even 
to the end of the age. I am with you always. Maybe you've heard the old school version, the King James version of this. Lo, I am with you always. Where Jesus is ascending in one of those cheesy Jesus movies that you've maybe seen where he's going up into heaven and he says that low. What is that? What is that? Who is low? I always wondered who low was anyways. Is that a person? Low. I, I looked that one up. It's actually a, it's a word that is really emphatic in the Greek. It's really important. And Jesus is saying, behold. He's saying, pay attention here. Low says, low means, hey, don't miss this. This is, this is what it's going to carry you. This is actually the most important part of the Great Commission right here. I am with you always. It's the most important part. Don't miss it with that God is with us. This is really what the Bible, this is what the whole Bible is all about. It's about a God who created us to be with him, to be with him relationally, to be with him in spirit, to be in loving union with him. There's a garden at the beginning of the Bible where God is with his creation, man and woman, and they dwell together. And then there's a garden at the end of scripture where again, we will dwell with God in loving union with him. And in the middle, there's this crazy story of God just wooing his people, his hard-hearted people, wooing them who want to do life without him. And he says, no, do it with me. It's better with me. I'm going to show you it's better with me. And then I'm going to come and I'm going to be a person in the person of Jesus. I'm going to show you what I'm really like. And I want to be with you. And he breaks down all the walls and all the barriers between us and makes a way for us to be with him. Even this book, Matthew, we're at the end of Matthew, but at the beginning of Matthew, there's the very first chapter. It says, for unto us a child is born and his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. And here we have the last statement of this book that this gospel Matthew wrote is I will be with you, Jesus says. This is what the whole story of God is about. And so today, I wanna just uh, a quick outline here, three questions I want us to ask today. How is Jesus with us? How is Jesus with us? What difference does his presence really make? And what's my response? How is Jesus with us? What difference does his presence make? And what's my response? If you have the Ocean Hills app, there are some sermon notes on there. If you want to go back and look at some quotes or whatever, you can go on there and follow along. So how is Jesus with us? How? Is this just a nice thought? Is this just like, is this like Mufasa from the Lion King who says, I will always be with you like the stars are with you? No, this is not just a nice thought. You know, always may be the most overused word in the English language, isn't it? Like, you always do that. Oh, you're always like that. You always say that. That person always does that. It's a very unhelpful word in marriage, isn't it? Always. So what does Jesus mean? How is Jesus with us? This, this phrase gives us some hints. He's with us personally. The first part of the phrase in Greek, it's ego eimi, I am 
with you. And in English, that sounds kind of normal, but in the Greek, it's kind of a double emphatic. Jesus is saying, I, Jesus, myself, my person am going to be with you. I, me, myself am going to be with you. How can Jesus say that? He's either crazy or he is God. He's an infinite God who can personally be with us in spirit at every moment. So he's personally with us. He's also relationally with us. Relationally with us. We've heard the term omnipresent maybe. That's a big religious phrase out there. Omnipresent, it means God's everywhere. He is everywhere. But he's also relationally present with his children. I love that. That's what Tim Keller said. He said, God is present everywhere, but he is relationally present to his children. He's relationally present to people who open their heart to him, who invite him in and welcome him in their life. The blessing of Aaron in number six is something we've been talking about at our, our monthly retreats. And we love that song that came out uh, right at the beginning of COVID, The Blessing. It's been such an encouragement to so many of us. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. This is all about God being relationally present. It's about turning. God's turning his face towards you and he's smiling at you. When God looks at you, when God thinks about you, he's smiling. God's face is shining on you. That is such a blessing. And that's, what, that's the encouragement we get that he is relationally present. Have you ever talked to someone who's not looking at you? Anybody ever done that? Maybe they're on their phone, not making eye contact, maybe watching ESPN. My wife might be able to tell you a couple of times that's happened. Um, but being relationally present, turning your face towards someone is so important. It makes you feel connected. It, it reminds you that you are important, that you are valuable. And so God is relationally present with us through Jesus. And then he's also continuously present. This word always. This word always in the Greek is not a generalization. It's not like always. It's it's every single moment. It's every moment of every day. I love Greek scholar Bill Mounts. He's an amazing scholar, and, and he wrote this. He wrote, each and every one of them, each and every moment of your life, one by one with all their trials and troubles, not missing one, not, no vacant moments, no vacations. There's not a moment in your life that God is not relationally and personally present for you. Just let that sink in this morning. It's not a moment that has gone by that he is not there for you. This is the good news of today, isn't it? We need this in this crazy world we're in. You might be thinking, that, this great is great ideas. God's with us personally and relationally and continuously. But what difference does that make? What difference does it make in your day-to-day -day life? 
I read this quote this week, and it, it is so good. Let me, let me read it to you a couple times, especially the first part here. It says this from a pastor, religion idolizes concepts, but avoids personal experience. We've seen that happen, haven't we? Religion idolizes concepts, but avoids personal experience. Everything about us, everything about us from our emotions to our bodies to our minds are designed to recognize and dwell in the manifest presence of God. And then listen to this, learning how to live in this reality is called maturity. Learning how to live in the reality of God's presence is spiritual maturity. So what difference does it make day to day? You can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. You can't see God's presence, but you can see the effects of God's presence. Let me give you three effects that what difference it makes that his presence is with us. First, it comforts us. His presence is a comfort to us. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the wonderful counselor. He is the paraclete. The what? The paraclete. That's the name for the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Paraclete, the one who comes alongside. His promise is to come alongside us for every moment of every day because he loves us that much. Listen to this, this out of Paul, Paul's writings in the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we have ourselves been comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so too we share abundantly in his comfort. He ministers to our spirit. God's spirit actually dwells in us and ministers to us when we need comfort. He brings comfort. It's hard, to, it's hard to even explain comfort sometimes. It's that just feeling of warmth, that God has got you, that he's with you, that he is for you. We so easily forget this. Isn't it so easy to forget that God is a God of all comfort? I want you to just put your finger, pointer finger up in the air. Make sure you're still listening to me. Pointer finger out, there you go. I want you to draw a cross on the sand. Draw a cross on the sand right next to you. Take a look at that cross. This cross is a reminder, it's proof of God's comforting presence. Proof of God's comforting presence. Maybe no one knows this more than a woman named Johnny Erickson Tata. I don't know if you've heard of Johnny's story, but she was paralyzed as a young woman and she surrendered her life to Christ. And for the past 50 or so years, she has ministered and written about God's love and God's comfort, and she has touched so many lives, being, a, being paralyzed her whole life. And she wrote this. She said, you don't have to be alone in your hurt. Comfort is yours. Joy is an option. And it's all been made possible by your Savior. He went without comfort so you might have it. He postponed joy so you might share in it. He willingly chose isolation 
so you never have to be alone in your hurt and your sorrow. Is that good news for us in this moment? You never have to be alone. Look at that cross. That cross is proof today, 2,000 years later, after the effect of the cross, we still are comforted by what God, what Jesus did on that cross. I got to see God's comforting presence. I, I think firsthand this week, we had a church family member, John Gritters, pass away. And John was a warrior. He was a hero. The doctor actually, his doctor said he was the most heroic person he'd ever met. John lived with pain for the last few years and, and God decided to take him home on Monday. And so I got to spend some time with Tammy and, and her son, Reuven, and just to watch the Holy Spirit comfort Tammy in this, in our deepest, hardest grief. God, God gives little gifts. He gives memories. He comes alongside. He gives the right support right when you need it. He is a God of all comfort. Let's be praying for the Gritter family today. The second thing, the second effect of his presence that we can see it makes a difference is it gives us confidence. Confidence in how God has uniquely created me and you. Confidence to be yourself. Confidence to not give in to the pressures uh, or expectations of others, but to stand your sacred ground. Confidence to not compare yourself with other people. His presence gives us confidence. David, in Psalm 139, such a great psalm to, to pray through and sit in, talks about God's overwhelming presence, that he's with us every single moment. You can't escape. And then he writes this. He said, God, you made all the delicate parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment laid out before a single day. How precious, listen to this, how precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. I was talking about God's presence with my family this week and what difference does it make and how do we know God is with us? How, how do we, what, what, what kind of effect are we seeing? And I, I loved what Kyle said. We were, we were kind of stumbling around. So I just, I asked Kyle, like, what, what is it, what difference does it make that I'm present with you when I'm fully present with you? And he said, I love this. He said, I can totally be myself when you're with me. I can totally be myself. That's what the Heavenly Father wants. He wants you to totally be yourself, the unique, unrepeatable, amazing human being that he created you to be. He wants you to be yourself. 
There's a Hasidic tale that reveals our tendency to want to be other people, to want to be uh, someone else, and the ultimate importance of becoming oneself. It, it's really brief. It's, it's this. Rabbi Zusia, when he was an old man, he said, In the coming world, they will not ask me, why were you not more like Moses? They will ask me, why were you not Zusia? I want you to grab a handful of sand this morning. Just grab it, put it in your fist, let it fall out, let it, just look, look at all the sand grains. I dare you to try to count them before I'm done with my message. I promise it won't be that long. It, you can't do it. They're innumerable. Look at the beach. God's thoughts about you are, are in, they're, they're not countable. They're so precious. And he's not looking at you with disappointment or discouragement. He's looking at you with love and with tender mercy and with loving kindness and with gentleness. It gives us confidence. And here's the last one, the last effect of God's presence. It gives us courage. We see this all over the Bible, don't we? we it gives us courage. God's presence brings courage for the moment we need it. Look at Noah. God gave him courage to obey when it seemed crazy. Look at Moses. Courage to lead these crazy people, even when he felt insecure about it. For Abraham, courage to go into the unknown, to step out into an unknown place, an unknown land. For, Abra uh, for David, facing a giant, he gave him courage. For Joshua, breaking the walls down. Courage is one of the major markers of the effects of God's presence. We are filled with his courage when we're filled with his presence. Listen to Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Be and then Joshua 1, 9 says this, be strong and courageous. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's with you wherever you go. Having courage doesn't mean we're, we're living without fear. It means we're overcoming our fears. It means that we're not stopped. We're not cut short by our fears. But God, his presence gives us the courage we need to keep going, to keep doing what he's asking us to do. I had the opportunity to, to climb a high altitude mountain a few years ago with some guys from Ocean Hills, and uh, it was called Cotopaxi in Ecuador. And it, it, it was a, an amazing hike. I would have never, ever tried it without being tethered to a guide. I was tethered to a guide, a three or four foot line between us, and the guide gave me courage. The guide gave me confidence because he knew the way. We were, we were climbing over ice bridges. We were heading over crevasses. We were in, in dangerous altitudes. And he knew the way to get us there safely and get us back safely. And I, I think that was such a picture for me of being tethered to a guide in my life. I am not alone. This, this passage, Jesus is always with me. It reminds me we have a guide that we're tethered to 
that will never leave us or forsake us, that will get us through any kind of danger, any kind of disappointment. He gives us courage. So where do you need God's courage today? Where do you need God's courage? Where is there fear in your life? Maybe it's taking that next step to help another person grow, like we've been talking about. Maybe it's just, I, I know there's a person God's putting on my heart, but I, I don't know if I can do it. I'm afraid to step out and even initiate that conversation. Maybe it's slowing down enough. Slowing down enough to deal with the, the pain and the issues and the hurt that's inside. Maybe there's fear there. Maybe it's, it's going public with your faith. Like today, we're going to invite people to be baptized, to, to publicly declare, I want more of God's presence, and I want this church to walk alongside me. Maybe, maybe there's fear there. Maybe there's an area you know God's calling you to obey in, and you're just scared. You can't make the change. It's too big. It's too scary. God will give you the courage you need to do it. So what's my response What's your response to this? I will be with you always. The Great Commission, you guys, as we've been looking at, it's only possible through God's presence. This is not something we can do on our own strength. This is only possible through the presence of God. Jesus brackets the Great Commission with all authority has been given to me, and I will be with you always. We need his authority. We need his presence to do what he's asking us to do. This is not a religious checkbox or Jesus wanting to create a religion or convert people or anything like that. This is about experiencing the presence of God. It's about wanting more people to experience the life-giving, life-changing, loving presence of Jesus. He is the goal and he is the means to the goal. So what's, what's my response? What's your response? Two, I'm going to just give you two options. You might have thought of something already. And maybe write that down if you do. First one, ask God for more of his presence. Have you ever asked God to experience his presence more? Have you ever just asked him that in prayer? God, I want to I know your presence in a deeper way. Ask him. Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Renee Curtis always uh, in, reminds us, you have not because you ask not. Ask, ask for it. I don't think he's going to hold back. If you ask for his presence, he's not going to hold back. He's going to give it to you. He's going to help you experience him. For some of you today, that might be taking the step of, of getting baptized, saying, I want more of your presence, God. Second way to respond Commit to sharing the blessing of God's presence with another person. Commit to sharing the blessing of God's presence with another person. Make a commitment to help another person grow in knowing and experiencing the loving presence of God. We want to help you. We want to help you come alongside you and, and uh, encourage you as you take that step. So let us know if you want to do that. Or maybe, maybe sharing his presence is really, it's an act of comfort or kindness 
that God prompts you to do this week. So next week, we're starting a series called The Trail Map, The Way to Become Like Jesus. We're going to be talking about different ways we can arrange and order our life so that we can experience God's presence more deeply and more fully. So we hope you, we hope you uh, engage with that series and come online with us. I'm going to close up and I'm going to invite you to pray with me right now as we think about God's presence Maybe you could grab just another handful of sand as you pray. And God, we thank you for the gift of your presence, the gift of your Holy Spirit, that you are personally with us, that you are relationally available to us, God, and that you're with us every single moment. God, I pray for your life-changing presence right now. We want more of it. We just open ourselves to wanting more. And, and if that's you this morning, I just invite you to raise your hand. If you want more of God's presence in your life, just put your hand up and, and let me pray for you. God, would you come upon every single person who wants more of you? God, we know you want to unleash your presence in this world. You want us to experience your comfort, your confidence, your courage, and so much more. So God, come upon us, anoint us with your presence. God, be with us, show yourself to us today. Just keep your hand up. We thank you, God. Thank you. And God, we pray that more people in our world, more people in our city, in our country would Come to know your presence, God, that you would, through this church, through the big church, God, you would make more disciples. Help us to obey your teaching. Help us to know your teaching so that we can know you in a deeper way. God, thank you for this word. Thank you for the gift that you are always with us every moment, every minute of the day. We pray this in your name. And everybody said, amen. All right, we are going to celebrate some baptisms today. And baptism is really, it's an outward sign of an inward reality. It's about identifying with Jesus in the water. He was baptized and his father, it says, the heavens broke open and the father said, you are my son, I love you. I'm pleased with you. Here's my presence, it's going to rest on you. And so we're going to celebrate that today. We're going to celebrate some baptisms. And maybe you're getting nudged right now to be baptized for the first time. Or maybe you were baptized as a baby. You didn't get to choose and you want to be baptized today to just reaffirm your desire to know God's presence. And if that's you today, I want to invite you to come up. We're going to come right over here and uh, just gather for a few minutes while this song is playing. If it's not, let's just enjoy God's presence in this place. Let's enjoy his love and his tender mercy that he is for you. So those of you who want to get baptized, come on up, join me over here and let's worship together. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. 
For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.